It's Thursday, 3rd of March, and you're listening to the Game Grin Grincast. I'm your host, Hamiltonius, bringing you another week of exciting podcast action. And this week, I'm joined by my stalwart companions, Ace. Hello. Cal. All right, all right, all right. MZ. Hello. Fowler. Hello. And Bixie. Hello. Uh, this week we'll be talking about the Oscars, or in particular, which games deserve an Oscar in the form of Leonardo DiCaprio, as in which games deserve an Oscar but haven't quite got them, what games aren't as popular as they should be, etc, etc, etc. And then we'll also be tackling a little bit of a, a diversity topic towards the end. But first we'll be uh, jumping straight into some news and some actually quite recent news, considering we usually drag up what's been going on during the week, and that is uh, Far Cry Mapgate. That's that's the name I've given it, by the way. The news that uh, someone on Reddit, or maybe somewhere else, I don't know, I saw it on Reddit earlier today, discovered that uh, Far Cry Primal's um, map looks eerily similar to that of Far Cry 4, leading to people say, calling it lazy and how dare you charge $60 for a game that's a copy, etc, etc, etc. And I know, I know Bixie already gave me his opinions on this earlier in the day, so I'm sure he's champing at the bit to get in here and uh, explain why uh, it's a storm in a teacup. I was also going to point out that it's, I believe it was a website called Game Pressure that wrote an article about it. It didn't come from Reddit or something. Yeah, they the one, were the ones that posted it. Yeah, they're very well known for doing like game guides and everything, so they're quite in-depth. So I think they sort of just spotted it and went, oh, hang on a minute. But yeah, I don't think that this is as much of a story as people are making it. Like, basically every website online is covering it at the moment. It's kind of blown up very quickly, to be fair. They're, they're hardly the first people to reuse assets to get a game out on time. What if, like, right, Far Cry Primal is set in the past, yeah? What if it's just, like, an Easter egg, but it's, you know... The same place, just, you know, in the past. Far Cry oh. Primal opens with, like, it tells you that it's set in northern, northern Europe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Far Cry 4 was in the Himalayas. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay, well, ignore that. It would have been a good cool. twist, though. It would have been a nice been. story yeah, twist. So that would have made sense if they actually used it and just omitted it. They could have done, like, a whole Battlestar Galactica style-y thing. Spoilers. But no. <laughs> You, you mean the bit with the there's all those Cylons and stuff? Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been a nice introduction to just have the character from Far Cry Four, like I don't know, have a weird drug trip or something, and think he's back in the back in time. That but, might have no, actually been, been the what worst. they would. I think that is that would have been Assassin's was. Creed. <laughs> it might be what they were trying to do um, before they decided. Oh, we'll make this a full game. Like they they were trying to make it a DLC, like uh, Blood Dragon was. It, yeah, it certainly screams out sort of because it doesn't have uh, Far Cry Three, Far Cry Four, Far Cry Primal. So it doesn't have the number tagline to it. So it certainly does sound like they planned it to be DLC. And when they realise this is getting too big, we might as well just make this into a full game. I don't really see what the the issue is if everyone's enjoying the game. If no one ever found out about it, no one would care. Like it doesn't make a difference to the enjoyment of the game, other than people getting butt hurt but her over it being like oh people are lazy but they're not they still worked really hard on it i just enjoy the fucking game it is a new area though the only thing that people the only reason people spotted it is because all of like the lakes and the rivers are in the same place you're not going over the same hills and that it's been remolded yeah it's it's the the layout's very similar but i i've got no complaint with that because you know they can either spend them time devising this brand new map area or they could just take a size that they know works and just redesign it in such a way that it's you know because it's visually it looks totally different yeah so basically stolen a teacup then just a lot of teacups and a lot of different buildings yeah yeah that was wrapped up rather neatly well done everyone (laughs) just basically get over it developers do it all the time it was done it was done he closed the door i was peeking through the doorway very slightly to say, <laughs> get over it. We were trying to lock you in there. Oh. <laughs> so we'll move on from uh, uh, from Mapgate to uh, news that, uh, I mean, I'm going to confess ignorance here because I don't follow Quantum, Quantum Break 
and I also get it confused with the old TV show Quantum Leap, the news that uh, it needs always-on connection to the internet? Is that for its cutscenes or for the actual gameplay? Someone enlighten me here. Apparently, it's basically for the cutscenes, because they're... They're live-action, aren't they? Yeah, from what I've read, the, they say that the because they're such high resolution, like the PC version, for example, is going to be using 4K video, and they can't fit it on a disc. So they're like, well, you know what? You, you'll be streaming them instead, essentially. These are the TV ones. But but don't don't most PC get well a, a lot of PC games come and it's just a a Steam installer. Yeah, but then you have again, to download most of it anyway. Yeah, but have you seen the size of four K videos? No. Yeah, they're they're huge. They're, they're huge. So if you if the cutscene if there's like a total of what maybe an hour if it's like because it's like a TV show so you're going to get maybe an hour or half an hour of footage uh, live action footage and if that's filmed in four K. And is rendered in 4K, you can add a, like at least maybe nearly double the game size added to your installation. Fair enough. The the 4K version is PC exclusive, though, right? Yes, because so... Xbox One can't handle it. Well, <laughs> no. Xbox One can't even do 1080p. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but like, I just—they've only just recently announced that it's going to be on PC, and now they're like, "Well, PC, it's going to be loads better." I think that I said before, didn't I, that I I think that Quantum Break was supposed to come out on PC now. They were expecting the Xbox yeah. One to be out by now. I remember you said that. I just imagine that that's what's happened. Um, I just wanted to clarify this: this is the live action stuff, not the 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 cut scenes in the game. Yeah, as far as I can tell, I think they're still in game. It's just the live action stuff. Because the live action thing, as far as I remember, is meant to be like a forty-five minute segment at the end of each chapter. Hmm. So they're not they're not that frequent. No, but it just seems a bit kind of like I don't know. I mean, I get that that you know there's no way around it. So essentially, it's necessary or whatever. But yeah, it just this, seems like a pain in the bum is all. Well, it's, it's going to hit people who have um, a lim- limited connection, either a slow connection or they have a, a download limit. I've. Yeah, I mean, their point of view is probably looking at, like, if you look at, like, the stats of Netflix and Amazon and all all those streaming services, they've probably looked at that information and went, a lot of people just stream everything nowadays. What could be wrong if we just, we've got this live footage that's like a TV show, why don't we just let that be streamed for the viewer? And even Netflix, like, actively downgrades the quality depending on how good your connection is anyway. So I think you'll probably be using that. I don't think it's going to affect the game that much either because, again, as far as I'm aware, it's just um, that they're sort of more around your decisions. They're not... Yeah. So, so you can play through the game without watching them, I imagine. I think they're skippable. I'd imagine they'll be skippable. Plus, it'll, don't... it'll probably be like a little pop-up saying, do you want to watch the next episode or skip to the next chapter? Yeah, and I half expect it... Well, I'm actually actually surprised that they're not said like they're optional because um, the cutscenes, but why why can't they let you download them as an optional? You know, there's loads of games that have this option where you can download extra content, download stuff like that. Would why not let you download the content from the store, for example? Well, as you said, ex- they're going to be huge. They might do though. Yeah, but maybe not 4K ones because 4K ones. Oh, okay, if, for the Xbox ones, yeah. For the for like the Xbox version, you go onto the Xbox Live Store, and if they're done like episodes, you've got chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, whatever. Why not let you just download them? You've got 720 or 1080p versions. They well, might do. They might do, yeah. We'll just have well, to wait we, and see. Well, I imagine they're going to get so much feedback, let's face it, that no doubt they're going to do everything they can to make the game more popular. So I'm sure they will cater to the fans. They might even, they might even release a separate Blu-ray or something. Like yeah. just yeah, called Quantum for Break only the cost series. of forty dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's also an experiment when you think about it. It's Microsoft's idea of we're pushing for this online service even more towards, like even with their announcement recently with the merger of PC and Xbox, it's sort of an experiment saying, well, a lot of people use streaming servers like Netflix, so maybe maybe trying to introduce something like that in our games. Didn't think about it like that. Because there are innovators, after all. <laughs> Sorry. 
Well, um, from innovators onto uh, a fresh game that's still, well, that's finished its Kickstarter now, and new screenshots have been revealed of it, and that is Moo 3. Uh, a bunch of screenshots, I think four, were re- revealed today. Um, nothing very specific, man- mainly landscape shots, but rather nice, uh, if anyone else has seen them. Yeah, they're pretty. But that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I never played Shenmue, but... No, I've never well, played it either. Bix, Bixie's crowdfunding Bixie's money and hard work. Bixie's the guy. Uh, I've never actually played a Shenmue game. Oh. i played both of them. Ace is the guy. You always forget about Ace being the guy. I'm sorry. Do you forget I'm here? (laughs) No. My feelings. Um, Yeah, uh, there's not much more you can say. There's just there's not much, not many screenshots, not much information so far. Does it have a release date? I don't believe so. I yeah, I don't think so. Maybe a quarter. It's been earmarked for 2017. Okay. Are they still? So crowdf- I guess we'll are, they... Get... are they still crowdfunding it? it? It's been crowdfunded. Um, I don't know if you can still um, back by PayPal or something like some um, campaigns do. Cool. Well, that was rather short. Well done, Shenmue. Applause all round. Well, for, I, I, for looking I, decent. What it, I wanted to say that it it does look they look doctored. The photo, the screenshots. I mean, but there's something about them that doesn't look like their gameplay. You mean they're bull shots? Mm. <laughs> oh man, that was really good. <laughs> so you reckon they they could be in-game shots with just a ton of filters chucked on top of them? Like yeah, of just, to make, just to sort of hide. It, I can't remember who it was, so I can't give a a source. But somebody was saying that it, it looks like an Xbox 360 game that they're trying to hide underneath the sheen of a PS4. Like, it, yeah. The sheen of a PS4. Wow, that's a descriptor <laughs> in there. I heard one. I wonder what he prefers at... most. <laughs> no, that's not how I meant Stoking it. Stoking <laughs> the fires of fanboys. No, if you look at a, one photo in particular of a pumpkin patch, like the light rays shining over the entire screen are ridiculous. Like If that's how it looks in the game, then it's going to look awful. But in the screenshots, you're like, oh yeah, it looks great. What what engine is it anyway? I've not really paid attention to what engine it's being built on. I'll see if I can find out for you quick. Yeah, I mean, if it's an in-house engine, then maybe it's just like um, in-game renders, sort of concept almost. Uh, it's being for Microsoft Windows and PlayStation Four using Unreal Engine Four. Oh, <laughs> well, that probably explain why it looks very uh, shiny. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> fake looking. Well. Oh, I'll tell you what, the Kickstarter, it looks like someone wrote the... It looks like I did the Photoshop on the, the photos for the thank, thank you, keep those you love. Um, it, oh, wow, yeah, that's that, that, a, I remember that. It's amazing. It genuinely looks like at Christmas when I do the extravaganza and use paint to do it. It's good to know the money's going to uh, good use. Absolutely. I've just dropped the link in so you can have a look and then see if you agree with what I said about the the appearance in these screenshots. This is outside the podcast, by the way. This is just me sharing. Yeah, not, not great for the listener, but we can describe them. Close your eyes <laughs> and A set imagine. of pumpkins lie on a field of golden grass with god rays fucking everywhere. The sheen of a yeah. PlayStation 4. Someone really likes that lens filter. Imagine, imagine an Xbox 360 game with the sheen of a PS4 game. <laughs> That's good on the box. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's got loads. It's got loads of freaking bloom to it. To be fair, the third picture, which is, uh, or actually the fourth picture, which is the interior of a house, just looks like a picture from an Unreal Engine 4 like demo. Yeah. This is a house. If anyone, if man. anyone's seen the game Luma, it just looks like a room from there. No, room, no. Room. Oh, mate, I'll show, I'll show you all later. Mm. Well, you know, well done, Shenmue, for getting your money, and hopefully, when something will come out that the fans have been scratching their eyes out for for so long. <laughs> I, can you tell I'm enthused by the subject? I really am. Um, on to more clandestine rumors, uh, which are floating about the interwebs, and that is uh, another host of. Mutterings have appeared saying that the Nintendo NX will be released in 2016. 
Um, nope, not going to happen. Let no me, way. Let, up, 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 up. All right. Okay. So this is because uh, a number of sources have found what they purport to be a Nintendo marketing plan in the source code of um, some some of the Nintendo websites. Uh, and the sources are the same sources that leaked the name of the new Pokemon games uh, and leaked things about the new Zelda game and things like that in the past. So people are lending it more weight because of the fact that these people are trustworthy leakers, so to speak. But um, yeah, as far as, far as I can find on the webs, uh, it's a, a winter 2016 release by a marketing uh, plan they found in a, in a web page somewhere. Um, I mean, I don't really believe it myself. I reckon maybe an announcement by the end of this year, but people are still... Th- you know how Nintendo are. They can spring things on you without... They are yeah. very secretive about what they've got going on. They could they could be near completion. No one knows. I would be interested to see whether it happens and if it does kind of what the reception will be. Because um, if they last minute spring it on us, uh, holiday time... Um, yeah, could be could be interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, Nintendo are quite well known to sort of spring it out of nowhere. I mean, looking at the release of like the Wii, for example, that came out right near Christmas time. I think it came out like maybe early December, late November, and they actually have a habit of deliberately only making a shitload enough to meet the demand so high that everyone goes crazy. Yeah. So I half expected them to, I don't know, maybe like announce it halfway through the year maybe june july time we'll get the big reveal and then it comes out november so announce it about e3 yeah they do that what during their nintendo direct maybe uh, i mean you don't know whether they they might it might uh I'm, I'm genuinely interested whether they'll be like full of bugs and issues and and stuff like that with the first batch and that sort of thing if it's being brushed out or whatever i mean is that even the confirmed name as well no nx no. Well, the the Wii U was announced um, at E3 in 2011, um, but it, it wasn't actually released until November 2012. So definitely, I, I I would put money on them announcing it this year. Do you think it'd be called the 3D Wii U 2? 3D Wii U 2 2. <laughs> Wii U 2. The new 3D. The new 3D yeah, Wii U 2. The new 2. 3D Wii U 2. The Wii 3D. <laughs> Or, the hobby or grid we... the super Wii, and then <laughs> please no. Oh wow! Oh, they could call it the power Wii. <laughs> God, <laughs> there's two. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, awkward. Well, we are due one. We are due a new Nintendo console, aren't we? I think they're late now, aren't they? Yeah. No, they've always been a couple of years behind. No, I mean they? late as in since the last one. In technology. Oh. Yeah, it's usually five yeah. years, isn't it? How long was the Wii out before the Wii U? Uh, I think it was 2007, I want to say. No, the Wii came out 2006. Yeah. I'm showing if you're old now. So they have a release cycle between five to six years. Yes, November 20, 2006. Well, you did have the 2DS, and they probably consider that new hardware. And the new 3DS. Oh, yeah, I bought that. Forgot about oh, that. Oh, God. It's wonderful, though. So, you know. What will it be though? I really, I, I've always had this sort of um, like vision of Nintendo coming out with a console that's just like hugely powerful and blows away the other two consoles. Well, and Miyamoto just strides across the, the screen, rips his shirt the off. The same guys that leaked that information said they it was going to have the same amount of power as an Xbox One, supposedly. Yeah, either that mm. or more powerful. Yeah, but like that you meant kind of like something that will really genuinely surprise us that isn't accessible for us at the moment, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Nintendo only really care about their first-party games. As long as it can run their first-party games and look colourful and cutesy while it does it, then they're not really that bothered, are they? Does anyone remember that YouTube video that came out when the Wii initially came out where they swapped the controller and the sensor around? Um, they had the sensor on like a cap and they put the controller on top of the TV and they made it like um, so it was you, you could move around and like look around stuff and it just looked absolutely amazing it'd be cool to have something like that although the Nintendo have been investing in mobile haven't they recently so 
God knows what if that's going to manifest itself in some way with the NX. The NX is going to be a steam box. <laughs> the NX is actually a mobile. I can imagine yeah. it being it's a, a smart handheld. The Nintendo a smart handheld. I wonder if they'll keep with the gamepad, the, like the Wii U had. The dinner tray? Yeah, the dinner tray. Surely well, they have to, because isn't that why they, why it costs so much and why they can't drop the price is because of how much they spent on that technology. I'm sure that's what I've heard. Well, they do need to release something soon, because the Wii U, you know, isn't going to be winning any awards anytime soon. Zelda! But um, speaking of awards, the old oh. Oscars happened, didn't they? Anyone see that? No one saw it? No one interested. I I was following it on Twitter. The big news being, of the course, I still think the Bears should have won the Oscar. The big news being that Leonardo da Vinci won his first Oscar for did he? for the Mona did Lisa. Hundred years well, late. <laughs> uh, you know, everyone. You know, people haven't you know, they haven't recognised the Mona Lisa as the great painting it is, and so he won Best Actor for painting it. But no, Leonardo DiCaprio won his first <laughs> Oscar. Uh, finally, imploding all of the internet's memes. Um, which gave me and for a, a film we need a new which gave me a hint. for a film that didn't deserve it to be fair. Like, this... Right, what? let's not get into the no. film. <laughs> we will we will have our own film and TV magazine. We don't want we don't want, we don't need this. But anyway, uh, and anyway, everyone's moved on to Gary Oldman not having Oscar now. But anyway, this yes. inspired me to <laughs> uh, think up the topic of what games are the Leonardo DiCaprio of gaming? What games? have consistently, or game series, been consistently good, but never really got the recognition they deserve. Or similarly, what games have got lots of recognition that really don't deserve it? I don't know if anyone's got any contenders they want to throw up straight away. Call of Duty does not deserve all of the attention that it has. I don't think it gets much positive attention anymore. No, it doesn't. It still gets all of the attention, though, and loads of people play it. Because it's so good. That's Activision's marketing for you. Now, what makes me laugh with Call of Duty, though, is it's only actually won one, as you know, it's won two Game of the Years. Or was it three? I can't remember. Those were the first Call of Duty, Call of Duty 2, and Modern Warfare. They all got Game of the Year. Modern Warfare other... deserves it, for sure. That was incredible. Definitely. Yeah, that game was amazing. But all the others have never won a Game of the Year award, but they still try and do this weird marketing thing where, you know, like a Game of the Year edition, for example, which is, is just repackaged with all the content, they re-release it as the Gold Edition or the uh, the Maximized Edition or something along those lines. Because it's trying to fool you to think, oh, it must have won a shitload of awards to get this awesome edition. The reality is that you, you're just rebuying the same game, which has just been packaged again. Clever. Damn yeah, right. I think Left 4 Dead 2... Needs more recognition, or just left for dead. They're you mean both really good games. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Yeah. Did that actually win? Did that win game of the year at all? I think it did. I left don't think dead. it did. No, I think the first one did. The I first, mean, it certainly wasn't evolved. Did I don't know if it won awards, but it did well. It did exceptionally well. The second one, not so much. Uh, there's a game of the year edition. Uh, 2009, when Left 4 Dead 2 came out, Uncharted 2 got game of the year. Oh. Explain your ugh, Fowler. The game was a, that was an amazing game. What are you saying, Fowler? The, the first one was good. The second one was just a repeat to me. <laughs> That's the other way around. The first one was alright, and then the How second one... How can the one... first one be a repeat, Cal? No, yeah, <laughs> I was... yeah my words just... Yeah. Your English. <laughs> also, just going to check yes, in. The my English. Game of the year for Left 4 Dead year was GTA 4, which makes sense. Yeah. That shouldn't have won Game of the Year. What? Whoa, hold up now. <laughs> um... <laughs> You're wrong. I, I I didn't think GTA 4 was that great. So is Grand Theft Auto your Leonardo DiCaprio? No, the opposite. Something yeah. that doesn't deserve to get as much. Nicolas Cage, he got an Oscar. Yeah, you're Nicolas Cage. <laughs> who's the guy in the Danish girl that won it last Eddie year? Redmayne. Yeah. Eddie Redmayne. Who's the Eddie Redmayne of games? Are you saying GTA? Yeah, I, I didn't think... I mean, I liked GTA 4, but there was it. It had problems that I just didn't find enjoyable when I was playing it. You no, know? I, I agree. It was it was so overhyped. The fact that obviously everyone's going, "Holy shit, next gen GTA!" But the fact that you're just a taxi driver, let's go bowling, and at the occasional shoot 'em up, it was just. I I I say Red Red Red, Red Dead Redemption 
should have won Game of the Year when that Red was Dead released. Redemption was amazing. I'm going to throw one out there that you guys, I don't know if anyone here knows, but Monster Hunter? Uh, oh, for, uh, that's an interesting came out for one. PlayStation and all that. You believe Monsanto hasn't got uh, the recognition it deserves? No. It's been, it's been big in Japan, um, but when they tried to bring it over here, people were kind of thrown off by the control scheme just because it was different. Just a little, like, took about five minutes to get used to, but when I played it with my friends, we put, I think, 400 hours into it on our PSPs. And it's just one of those games. It's one of those series that never picked up over here, but it's so much fun. Yeah, I uh, played. It was like Dark Souls before Dark Souls, really, wasn't it? In terms of its uh, difficulty. Sort of, yeah. You, yeah. Like, you'd have to. You basically have to know the weaknesses of these certain enormous monsters. It was kind of like a combination of that with Shadow of the Colossus. Like, you'd have to. The biggest bosses you'd actually have to climb on top of, fire cannons at it and stuff, but you'd also have to try to cut certain parts off to make into better armor. It was just like, it was a really well put together game. It was a lot of fun for multiplayer or single player. And it just never really got the attention it deserved over here. I really need even to come out on something that isn't a handheld though, because that sort of yeah. tactical gameplay just doesn't work for me. I was playing the fourth one and I just couldn't get on with it. There's a, there's one on the Wii, um, which, yeah. Oh, it was a special edition not, of not, the not, third, not, I think. Not yeah. an ideal platform for it. So it no. does. It does. Does need to return to the PlayStation. I played it on PlayStation Two, the first one, and I yeah, I loved yeah. It. I, yeah. It didn't really make. It didn't really gain much popularity until it hit in the handheld when the PSP. Everyone had a PSP at one point. Well, yeah. All my all my friends did, and we were all like, "Let's get Monster Hunter, get Monster Hunter," and we just sort of sat in college during break, just all uh, playing together. What was Sony's um, sort of Monster Hunter clone that was shooting and had like robots instead? Was it like Freedom Fighters or something? Oh, I, Ooh, I, Freedom I'm, Fighters on I'm the sure. PS2. I think that's it. Isn't that it? game isn't, where you, that you're basically similar? a uh, fighter against the Russians. No? Because if, if you, you just reminded me of that game and it is incredible. And I'm nostalgiaing quite hard. I'm just looking through it trying to see if it is. Whatever it is, it's... It stunned Big Boy into silence. Freedom Wars, okay. I think. No, that might be the wrong one again. I'm just going to shut up for a bit and go and have a look around. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to... This I know I'm going to be beat down when I say this, but I believe that a game series that's got far too much uh, hype and recognition and just in, in your face all the time is the fucking Arkham games. Ugh. Yep, I believe I was, I played. That. I enjoyed Arkham Asylum. Uh, up to, well, I forced... Adam. I got bored of the mechanics about three or four hours in, and then I got City on sale for like three pounds. I played it for an hour and just haven't gone back to it. It just does not interest me interest me at all. It's just the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, they. I think they need to finally change things up with their combat system and stuff. It's just the same shit over and over. I kind of disagree and also agree. I, I will say City was really great. I enjoyed City. Arkham Asylum was the far superior game. But yeah, I kind of think that because of so many issues with Arkham Knight, I'm not even going to talk about Origins. Just pff, Origins. Origins no. was fun. Uh, yeah, if you could play it. Um, I'll give you that. Knight was... I, I was I enjoyed Knight, but I was just disappointed by it by the end of it. I just felt... Yeah. I was. I, was, I enjoyed it for I've the I've actually ride. completely forgot about it as well. I wouldn't go back to Knight. I'd be more inclined to go back to the first two then go back to night. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I was excited that it was a bigger world. It, it it certainly felt more open than the first two. Um, but it, I, I completed it 100%, and I don't feel any ob um, inspiration to return to it. See, I'm actually sitting here racking, trying to rack my brains to think of a game that is that is like the, the Leonardo DiCaprio of video games it's hard because good games tend to get recognized. <laughs> Another problem is like well while, while the Oscars do have shitload of multiple categories, there is sort of like it's the Oscars. Um but with games you've got uh, awards coming from so many different places as well. And that if that gets plastered all over the place. I know it's the same with like the BAFTAs and uh, like the Toronto Film Festival or something on those lines, but in games though, especially you got the same with Ar Arkham uh, Arkham City, like the notorious Game of the Year cover, which had so much shit guffed all over it by saying ten out of ten, five stars, and all this all over it. It's a bit tricky to say because there's a lot of games which you think 
aren't great, but are still sort of deserving of a reward, but they've already got a sort of some sort of reward from some place. I think it's difficult to say. One thing I've noticed with the Oscars this year is that I know it's sort of it's meant to be American and so it has a lot of American films, a lot of American actors. But then it drops in films like Ex Machina. Lots of white people. Well, that's not where I was going. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there is that. Like Ex Machina is a British film, and then that one best original. Or, I can't remember. It was something uh, to do with script. best special special effects. But nothing from a very few um, Asian films were up for uh, were nominated. That they had their own special category for foreign film, but then that's shared with. Eastern Europe and African films. I feel the same way with games in that some Asian games don't get any nods at like VGX or the VGAs for Game of the Year. Yeah, yeah, because I think it's a lot of those. I think it's like exactly what we said with the Oscars. They're, they're very American, so they're not going to have multiple categories to include because they can only have like I think it's like four or five nominees. So that if there's a bunch of foreign films that are just as good, they're going to go with the American but, or you know, or the, West, the Western know, films yeah. that are going to be recognised, especially when it comes to certain actors as well. They're not going to have a very famous Asian actor in... You know, not going to have two of those guys or women in the category of if they've got five top American or English actors. Got it. I found it. I found the candidate here, guys. Bixie's actually inspired oh, me. Oh, go on then. Uh... I'm going to get with the publishers and uh, the developers, Atlas, who make oh, Shin Megami Tensei yes. and Persona. They've made incredible oh, for, incredible you, games you for the last, like, 10 years or more. More than that, 15 years. Uh, and especially over here, no one really acknowledges them for how incredibly they are, especially. Yeah, I give you that. Because I, I keep hearing people going on about bloody Persona. I wrote a whole well. article that went up on the website in January about Persona 4. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so there we go. We've got we've got a, a candidate then, unless anyone wants to uh, to to argue against it. I bloody love Shin Megami Tensei in Persona. No, no I, I I agree. But then also, it's it's very much oh, for those for fans of those Japanese RPG style games, you know, turn based RPGs in and that sort of rather slow meta game. But I, you know, I've never played a game where I've neglected my actual homework to do homework in a video game. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> that's that's just how it, that's how it rolls. I'm going to be a little bit topical with this one. Um, it's not. I don't consider them amazing games, but I do enjoy them whenever I do play them. But the Sherlock Holmes games, the Frogware ones, I don't know if any of you have played them. So it was Sherlock versus Jack the Ripper, uh, Testament of Sherlock Holmes, and there was Crime and Punishments last year or the year before. That's the one I've got. Yeah, that's the one that's um, a bit like L.A. Noir. Yes, yeah, they're all they're all like that. They're they're excellent. But there's a new one. They had a, a new trailer this week for The Devil's Daughter, and it looks like it's all set during a drug trip, which sounds amazing because they can go mad with the. It doesn't have to be too realistic. Hmm. And I know the developers as well. What they called Frog Frogware. Frogware. They're also making uh, a Call of Cthulhu <gasps> game as well, oh! which I'm. I'm a bit excited for because they need a really good Cthulhu game. As long as it's better than Dark Corners of the Earth. I enjoyed that. Oh, I, I, that was a... I tried to play it last year. <laughs> it's not good anymore. It's good. It, the, the problem with it, going a bit off topic, but the problem with it is that it starts out starts out really great when you're in the town and you're investigating, and then it sort of goes all shooty later on, and it sort of loses its charm. So anyone else got a, a candidate that I'd like to put forward, Ace Fowler? I know, Fowler, you've already put forward uh, Monsanto. What about you, Ace? None that I, uh, I... I was thinking even before the pod, and I, I haven't come up with anything that hasn't... that I enjoy that hasn't got the recognition it deserves. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I'm trying to wreck my brain as well. Um, I can put another one out there. That I'm, it, it got kind of popular, but it still didn't reach what I think it should have, and that's Binding of Isaac. Oh, right, yeah. It got pretty big, but it's still, to me, is one of the best in-depth games you can have. There's just so much, there's so many different items you can pick up and so many different builds you can do. Like, I've seen Lethal Frags played it for thousands of hours. Like, he used to play it, he played it 
I think for a consistent year pretty much when he streamed it and just never ran out of things to do. And it still hasn't quite reached that. Like I asked tons of people if they played Binding of Isaac and they say no. <laughs> I think you can just consider roguelikes as a genre, just a genre that should get more recognition. I think like it, it gets more, um, like you, you hear more about them now, but they don't get the same sort of praise. Yeah, I'd agree with that. They just, that whole genre is just starting to finally pick up a bit. Rogue I Legacy mean, is one of my favorite games of all time now. That's a brilliant game. Oh, I keep going back to that. Every time I go on travels, I take my Vita with me, and I'm always playing that. Oh, is that for the Vita? Yeah. 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 Cross oh, play. I didn't know. So that. I didn't play it cross play and cross save. Didn't know it was out until on the. Yeah. I didn't know about it till it was out on the PS4. I didn't even know I made it that far. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a lot, but I because it's a, such a small little indie game. Because I started playing it on the PS4. Because it's such a sort like you play it for a, a little bit, then you stop playing it, and you go back to it every now and again. It's such a great portable game as well. That's that's what I'm enjoying about the most of it. Yeah, you can just pick up, stop playing, and then come back to it whenever the hell you want, and it's still yeah. just as good. I, yeah. I think I was what? playing it at the same time as Bloodborne. So if I died in that, I'd jump over to Rogue Legacy, die in that, jump over to Bloodborne. <laughs> <laughs> just swapping over your deaths. <laughs> Well, I think that Dreamfall Chapters doesn't get enough recognition. There it is. <laughs> I think I can It's not finished that. coming out yet. No, exactly. So... When, it, when it is fully out, that it'll get its recognition. Yes. Well, in comparison well to like how overly hyped some of these Telltale games are, I do, I'd have to say now, after finally playing it, it does deserve a lot more recognition than it's gotten over, like, Tales of Borderlands and all that. Will you marry me? No. Please. I'm, taken. I'm so happy right now. That's fine. Just reject it's, me. It's such a good mix of everything. That's why yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. It has, like, a lot of good humor. Yeah, and, that's and the interesting thing story. that I, I'd forgotten. Uh, watching you stream it, you kind of are reminded of the things that are really, really funny, like... There was quite a few of us watching, and everyone thought that Shitbot was absolutely hilarious. And he is. He's, like, the best thing ever. I'm annoyed Some I really good that. writing. That's my, that's my, yeah. Uh, input? Little input there. What about... Dreamfall chapters. What about a game that gets too much? Assassin's Creed? Assassin's Creed. Well, yeah. obviously. Oh, obviously. definitely. I think... Personally, I also would say probably Fallout 4 more recently. Oh, yeah. I'd agree with that. Because because um, Witcher 3 took the crown, which is well-deserved, in my opinion. Yeah, it was but really everyone, But a lot of people are saying, oh, the Fallout 4 should have had it and all that. And it's like, yeah, but have you actually properly played it? And a lot of people, because they were just going, Fallout 3 was amazing. Obviously, Fallout 4 is going to be amazing. But when you actually play through it and try to get into it it's just something really off about it do you know what i have to actually agree um i i got so excited about fallout 4 um and then you know i played played it on console and it took me so long to kind of get hold of it on um the pc that you know i've i've played it like but i don't know i've just i've not been excited to play it when I've logged on at all which is quite strange considering like one of the things that I was most excited about was settlements and that's kind of something that a lot of people weren't overly fussed about was that it was very much like a lot of time was invested into settlements and that's something that highly appeals to me so for me to then kind of not be fussed by that that kind of says quite a lot yeah plus the fact you know there's a lot of settlements to save, and nobody's got time for that. No, that's true. I mark so it where, on your map. Where, where, all, where were all these points, Cal, uh, during our Game of the Year podcast, where <laughs> vod- vodka was saying, oh, it doesn't deserve all no, this praise? No, because, because we, no, yeah. because vod can fuck off. No. Whoa! <laughs> I think that was because that was round about the time it sort of came out and I was still trying to get into sort of get into the grips of it, and it was still the hype of it was still. It's now, called denial. Yes, that's the proper word for it. 
I was sort of going to say maybe like when the dust had settled, you know, it sort of made me realise I'm an idiot. And yeah, Witcher I, I 3 is far superior. I, I love Witcher 3. I think the gameplay on The Witcher 3 is so good. Um, I just, I love, there's so many little things about it that are really, really good. Um, I just I just like the kind of roaming around and coming across just random shit here and there. And being like, oh, okay, let's do this. And oh, here's a notice board. Let's read all the little notes and random things. And yeah, no, it's good. There's lots and lots of different things to do. But swimming is scary. I started it again the other day and I still just can't do it. But that's just a, what? A, yeah, that's just my own problem. But I just can't get on with it at all. And I, I love the second one. I still don't yeah, I've, I've never played any of the others. Yeah. You you had that problem with Fallout, Fowler. I played for about twenty five minutes and then was like, eh, "It's Fallout three again for me." Meh, I'm just stop playing. It was too much hype for what it was. Everyone got too excited. I got even I got too excited about it, and it just no matter what they did, it was a letdown. <laughs> we could also take yeah. all this chat we've had about Fallout four and just put Metal Gear Solid five in and say the exact same things. I think. Something like Metal Gear is quite intimidating for someone to get into that's never played it before. Um, whereas with Fallout, because the first two games were kind of a different genre, then a lot of people didn't get into the franchise until Fallout 3. So it was kind of less um, like, oh, there's a lot to know about. Um, whereas Metal Gear, it's like there's all this kind of history behind it. And I find that quite intimidating as a newbie oh for newcomers it's absolute nonsense for, for yeah. people who for people who've played every single game it doesn't make much sense oh uh, no <laughs> no believe me i started with four and that was a bad 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 idea <laughs> oh that was a mistake yeah i i loved five but it is the second half that sort of kills it but, uh, I don't want a little spoiler, but when going back to saying the confusion of over the story, yes, the story of Metal Gear is very confusing, and plus the fact people like a lot of people I know who kind of know of Metal Gear, they've played Metal Gear. It's like my brother, for example, he knows about Metal Gear Solid One and Two, and he's like, "Yeah, Metal Gear Solid Two was awesome because it's when we had the PS2. Three was also great, but then now it's sort of weird because it's set in the eighties and a lot of." references are made to Peace Walker which was released on the PSP and people didn't really play it and when I was going through it my mind was sort of going through right this is Snake from Metal Gear Solid 3 I've got to try and remember the characters from 3 it still doesn't make sense half the time. You forgot Portable Ops as well before. <laughs> um, oh god yes as well another PSP title like, Yeah, even Kojima now considers um, what was the PSP one called that we just said Peace Walker. He even considers that like canon now, but he always yeah, doesn't he does. mention uh, Portable Ops, which introduces key characters. Yeah, he kind of stated that because it wasn't done by him. It was um, the the PSP game wasn't really that. It was sort of like a spin-off from Konami, and he said, "I'll oh, let someone else handle it." And now that sort of some of the ideas and some of the story elements have sort of crossed over into Peace Walker, which is technically. Uh, it is canon because it's directed by him. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's Kojima. It's confusing. He's always going to be, be fair, confusing. When, you, when you've written that many uh, crazy games with crazy storylines, it must be quite hard to tie everything to, together. Although I'm sure he had an That's... overarching vision. I... I, I think that most of the uh, the the acclaim that the Metal Gear series has got is down to people just adore Kojima. Yes. It, it, a hardcore fanboying. It's 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 like um if um I, I don't really follow movies. Who's a big superstar director? Spielberg. Peter Tarantino. Yeah, Peter, people follow anything that they do, no matter. Oh, yeah, Quentin Tarantino, especially, no matter how bad shit it is. That that <laughs> oh definitely that one and Oscar. People adore his writing. Yeah. Because it's quirky. No, he won an Oscar for music. Ennio Morricone had to wait 70 years and everyone goes on about DiCaprio. Yeah. I know, everyone's going on about it. <laughs> I saw that as well. And that poor guitar as well from Hateful Eight. <laughs> Smashed it when it's meant to be <laughs> yeah. a museum Priceless piece. guitar. 
Right, well, we best move on to uh, the last segment of this podcast, which uh, we ended up, I think we got, yeah, we, got, we got enough time to talk about it, but the other prevalent issue at the Oscars uh, last week was the lack of diversity, specifically in the form of black and ethnic minority people nominated for awards, because there were none. So, that also got me thinking, um, is there a lack of ethnic diversity in video game protagonists? Uh, and MZ and I had a chat about this actually a while before the pod started, and the only ones that we can think of were, well, the only one I could think of and she could think of was Lee from The Walking Dead. Yeah. Anyone? Anyone else? So you're talking about actual player characters or like lead characters that are NPCs? Lead. Let's go with lead characters. Yeah. Okay. Well, so the Saints Row series. Um, Johnny Gat. He's Asian American. And he's the most awesome video game character ever. I thought you were going to say, like, because Saints Row lets you make your protagonist, so you could be. <laughs> well, yeah. That, that, that's well, the that's... same for any any game that lets you create yeah, your character. I don't think that's really relevant no, because it's, not, really it's not being created. Like, when you're making your own protagonist, that's not being created for the audience by the developers. That's your personal choice. So I think you, that's not really kind of relevant to. What the issue here is, is that there aren't enough protagonists that are being created by developers that are accessible for kind of that community, the whole, uh, everyone. You know, it's very kind of white, white orientated. The one game I always forget is led with a black character is Crisis. Like the the first one of that, Prophet's black in that. Yeah, but in Crisis One, you you sort of play a nameless character, and I, I, it's weird with Crisis in Crisis Two. So you put the so you're a grunt. Um, you can't. You're not really. You don't really see whether or not you're black or white. But when you put the suit on, you know Prophet's black. So you put the suit on, and because of the suit's weird DNA thing, you sort of become Prophet. So you, I, yeah, it's weird. No, I'm talking about the first one though. Yeah, but the first one, yeah, but you're not Blaze. You're not. Is Prophet. Yeah, you play. A, yeah, that's why he's in two. Really? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm getting I'm getting confused now. I thought Prophet was one of the main characters. In the first one. I'm that you, that you play as. I'm sure that's what it is. I thought Prophet was the squad leader. Yeah, I thought he was as well. Was he? At the start of it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll shut up. Because you, you play him in the second one. My bad. Well, no, no, you kind of. It's weird because he's dying. He gives you that you put the suit on, and because of the weird DNA technology within the suit, it transforms you into Prophet in the third one. All right, cut that all out there because I thought you played as him in the first one. I misremembered that. Don't worry, it's a terrible game. Well, uh, the... oh, hello. You can play as. Um, I've literally been saying racking my brains throughout all of that, but um, um, I and I actually can't remember his name. Um. Edward Kenway's first mate, you can play as him in a spin-off. Ah, yeah. You? Freedom Cry. Yeah. Adewale. Adewale, that's the one. So uh, there we go, also, that's one there's more also, example. There's Franklin in GTA V. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's a very good So three, well done. So, there's <laughs> Sam B in Dead Island. You can you can play a lot of uh, uh, Asian women in uh, Dead or Alive. If we're going if we're going down that route, you can play a whole you can play like a hundred Asian people in Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, except they look like they're white. But I think the the issue is mainly with games where there's a heavy plot behind it, isn't there? Where you kind of get uh, form some kind of relationship with the protagonist rather than nameless people that die. What about Chow Yun Fat in Stranglehold? What a game! And we're we're oh. forgetting CJ in San Andreas. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. that's a that's a really good one. Yes, CJ's probably one of the major uh, like protagonists I can think of. But we we are we're struggling though. But then right? he's also a character yeah, I mean, the fact, of the fact, that. The fact that we are having to rack our brains. Yeah, I mean, if we were talking about how many like can you name any white leads from um, video games? Like we wouldn't, would not be having this issue. Well, then I still, I still have a problem trying to name female leads. So, yeah, that's still a problem as well. Yeah, well, that's a whole, that's a whole other 
That's a whole other issue. Name a, issue. a, a, a female fish. black game lead. Yeah. Another one yeah. is um, Prototype 2. Is another one. Yeah. No, I didn't just Google that. I should know that. I own that. Yeah. So the, ne- <laughs> the next question to bring on from that is, is it a problem? Yeah, of course it is. Yes. Yes, definitely. But yeah, I don't well, know how long it's it could all... take to fix it. No, it is it is about representation, isn't it? And and if you think about the amount of people does it reflect on the people that are writing video games? Is is the design changed by the type of people that are in the industry creating up these characters, coming up with these characters? I mean, or are people feeling that they're having to write white characters because that's what sells and that's what the audience is most people consider the audience to be white yeah. teenage or young sort of early 20 white males well one example i'd point to there is you look at uh well two two from the assassin's creed series even though they put that lovely disclaimer at the front saying it was written by people of multi multiple cultures creeds and genders and whatever altair is incredibly white caucasian guy despite being from the middle east but isn't that isn't yeah. the point that it's Desmond? He looks like <laughs> Desmond. Yeah, but um, I don't imagine that's what he looks like in that world. If you consider it real, sort of. Yeah, but the thing is that if we'd like, I mean, I know I shouldn't be counting the other games, but uh, the other uh, Ezio doesn't look that much like Desmond. No, it's got the and same then, scar. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, and then the other thing is that uh, when they decided to take a game to Istanbul and they decided to just keep Ezio as opposed to introducing a new character. Ah, oh, but that's like that or... was plot stuff though. The Ezio yeah. trilogy. Yeah, but the, the the point is is that it shouldn't have been like that. I mean, yeah, they it was easy for them to make plot decisions like that because, you know, yeah, easy done, boom, sorted. But the the, the, but the point of, is, I've just found we've him... missed one out. Okay, we've missed one out for same with Assassin's Creed. They made the um, that PSP one. Wait. No, sorry, PS PS Vita one. I thought that's liberation. Yeah. But I the point remember. is, is that choices should be being made to make sure that games, the games industry, and video games are more di- more diverse. You know, it it shouldn't be just a case of making decisions for plot. Plot should be being made more accessible for everyone i also don't think that people should fear that if they make a black protagonist then they're going to sell less video games exactly yeah there is a fear i mean that's why some of these games like if you look at gears of war for example you've got the delta squad and they're quite diverse you've got marcus phoenix you've got dom santiago you've got the cold train and then you've got baird and plus it was one of your teammates who was um uh kim who's asian yes so they were very the well the to, massive diverse. One. Can't remember what his name was. It's like I want to say like Al or something, because he was covered in tattoos or something. I can't remember. Oh yeah, um, and Gears Three, um, Taku. I kind of want to say Taku or Taj. Is it Taj? I think. Ty. Ty. Yeah. First level. Gears right. Two. Yeah. I mean, you look. You even look at um, things like uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, um, which has loads and loads. Well, it, it, all of the Dragon Age, and I know that you have different kind of um, races of characters with regards to fantasy races, but you've with uh, Dragon Age, a lot of um, countries are kind of represented in game by different kind of in-game races. And in Dragon Age Inquisition, you've not got any black characters. No no black companions. Yeah, it's the same with The Witcher, wasn't it? Didn't they come out and say, oh, well, there wouldn't have been black people in Europe in whatever time. And I was just like, ah, oh, bollocks. Yeah. But that's what... That's sometimes sort of the set... Yeah, sometimes they sort of make that up to sort of say... It's, it's like the whole reason with um, Assassin's Creed Unity's uh, no female co-op character it's like oh we, we we couldn't do it we couldn't do the technology we couldn't do it and, and then you, you look at um i'm not i'm yeah i'm 
you're all gonna laugh when I say it again, but Dreamfall chapters, and you know, not and not just Dreamfall chapters, but Dreamfall in 2009 had uh, three lead characters, two women, and um, one guy who's Middle Eastern, and you know, that's that's something that they've been doing since 2009. And now Dreamfall Chapters has still got two more diverse characters than any other game out there. Are white males represented? Uh, There are no white male protagonists in Dreamfall Chapters. Well then. What about uh, (laughs) fucking what's-her-name's boyfriend? He's not a protagonist. Well, he kind of is. No, he's not. No, there are there are white male characters in it because of course there are, but the the two main characters, the two lead characters, are both diverse in comparison to a lot of other games that are out there. And you know, if they can do it, like I don't understand why other companies can't that have a lot more funding and people. Sorry, that that's that's interesting. You said of course there are yeah, about about exactly. white male characters. Yeah, because of uh, course there are. Because that's just the way that the industry is, and it's really shit. And that's how how much it is ingrained into us. Because you know, of course there are. That you're not going to have a game that comes out with no white white male characters in it, are you? It's ridiculous. And that's, it'd also that's be a unrealistic. Crying shame. Yeah. But it would never happen. But you would you could have a game that would come out that would have no black characters in it and no more bat an eyelid. All right, yeah, I get what you said. You did get me thinking, though, when you said about um, Bioware. Yeah. um, That the first character you meet in Mass Effect 2, spoilers (laughs) for you, um, yeah, the first character you meet that isn't made by you is a black man who then stays with you through the whole game. Awesome. So, yeah, Bioware are sometimes good, like with Mass Effect, and sometimes not so good with Dragon Age. The issue is that I... This is this isn't spoilers, by the way. This is personal personal opinion. Okay. But I felt that Jacob is probably one of the most one of the, and although in Mass Effect Two is one of my favorite games of all time, uh, I feel that Jacob probably has the the poorest written story out of all of the, all of the characters. But that's not through a fault of him being black. Um, I mean, if you want to, if you want to nitpick, his his personal story has a sort of ring to it of generic. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. But. I mean, that is that is really nitpicking, uh, to be honest. So, and Jacob is a pretty cool character, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's hard to think about. Like, uh, I mean, you look at, I mean, I mean, this is a, this is from a different industry, and we are going to have to wrap up soon. But I thought I'd just bring this in as well. Uh, you look at the massive furor there was over um, them casting a black actor to play the Human Torch in the Fantastic Four, new Fantastic Four film, which was admittedly rubbish, but still. It just seems, you know. Oh, and the, and the backlash if... when they announced they're doing Harry Potter on the stage and Hermione was black. Yeah. Even though yeah. at no point in the books does J.K. Rowling state what her skin colour is. It, it does. Well, not in the first one. one of them. Not in the first one. <laughs> no, but no, but the the point is, is that J.K. Rowling was absolutely happy for Hermione to be played by by a black actress uh, as well as. You know she should be, and yet everyone like got up in arms about it. But then you spin it on its head, and look at um, <clears throat> a film that we mentioned earlier with Eddie Redmayne in, where they they cast a man as a trans woman. Yes, which, which is people nonsense. didn't even talk. People, no one talked about that. Well, barely anyone did, and that was that was an absolute atrocity. Like Eddie Redmayne is a great and great actor, yeah. but he shouldn't be should not have been cast as a trans woman. Like absolutely not. But yeah, thing. So do you think? Well, this is the the thing I'm coming to. Do you think if? Uh, I think it, it, I'm, I'm going to come back to Assassin's Creed here, but there, there is a historical context. So if we had like. I would I would find it odd if they did a Assassin's Creed set in, uh, for example, medieval London, and the protagonist was black. That wouldn't really make much sense. But um, but is that situations... is that not because they've been written out? Is that not? Have you read about that sort of thing, where like lesser races, as they were known and thought of at the time, were written out of history? Revisionist history. Yeah. So in. In real life, like people would have migrated from other countries and existed in London, 
and yeah, England. but and what and what I'm what I'm saying is London's always been a cultural melting pot. But yeah. what, I, what I'm saying is, you know, it's it would still be an odd thing. I mean, it might be, it could be a, a decent game mechanic. Hell, if you're playing a black assassin in London and seeing everyone's reaction to him as he walks around the street, yeah, you know, I I really I think that's an interesting mechanic to to play with. But um, would would gamers come out and say, well, what's all this about? Or be like, you know, I can't believe they they've done this. At least they're doing a game set in Egypt with a black Egyptian, not your stereotypical. American played Egyptian. What was the point you were originally going to make, Hamilton? Oh, it was just uh, that um, in a scenario where I'm trying to, I'm trying to put in a game in a game where the the protagonist isn't context sensitive. Uh, Watchdogs, example. Let's say Watchdogs. That's not context sensitive. If they'd had a black protagonist, that mean it literally changes nothing about the about the game. Or like Mirror's but, Edge. Or like Mirror's Edge. I mean, Mirror's Edge, although, you know, Faith is... Yeah. Ameri- I guess she's American-Asian, but... Um, yeah, you know. I'm, I'm struggling to get to my point here, but, you know, I'm saying <laughs> that it shouldn't make a difference. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know whether if, if the characters have been black, that there may or may not have been any sort of grumbling about it. Probably not. I'd, I'd like to think there wouldn't be, but still, I think that developers should be able to feel that they can just have a black protagonist without feeling like there's any risk in it. Resident Evil 5, yeah. should you have been a, an African rather than Chris Redfield, big burly American bloke, shooting up slums in South Africa? Yeah, that was all kinds of insensitive, but it's a Japanese game, so... <laughs> but the same same yeah. thing applies to Far Cry 3. People were up in arms because American guy comes to the islands and liberates them and... Yeah. Far Cry 2 you can I mean, play as a black man I forgot that You just reminded me of that Can you? I yeah that. you can pick from like four you different characters You can make characters. a choice can't you? Oh yeah yeah So I kind of wiped that game off my memory Because it was terrible in my opinion Malaria yeah. Rusty guns But oh, even, if you, even if you look at Kind of like upcoming games For example Dishonored 2 Which you know we're really excited about Because you can play as a woman In Dishonored 2 but like you, you, you still can't play, you still can't play as uh, any kind of ethnic, diverse character. They're both white, aren't they? Am I am I getting that right, or is that wrong? I was going to say I think it's it's a tough subject for all of us to broke because all of obviously all of us are yeah. white. So you know we have, we we're coming at this from an angle that you know we're trying to grasp at uh, empathy wise. But it just it feels like. The world is a really diverse place and that the video game world, which tends to reflect reality or a fantasy version of reality, should reflect that. And it currently doesn't. And I think that developers and publishers need to be the ones that take the steps towards making that, towards changing that. Because they have a lot of influence and I think that people will be uh, receptive. Um, and if they aren't, then I think that, you know, that's going to show up the audience and that shouldn't be affecting decisions that these people make when they make such important decisions. And they do. And I know it's just video games, but like if you have kids growing up on video games where they don't see all they see is white male characters, then that absolutely has an impact on them. And... I think it would just be nice for things to change in the next five years to see more diversity. Here, here. What a fantastic way to end the podcast because we have run out of it. So, uh, thank you, listener, for uh, hanging on with us this long, if you have. Um, if you've got any uh, comments you'd like to make about the topics we talked about today, then you can leave them in the comments box on the Game Grin website, which is www.gamegrin.com. Alternatively, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, then you can tweet us at our Twitter handle at gay, at Greencast rather. Uh, the everyone who's on the pod occasionally interacts with that, and we tweet out as much as we can. We'll probably be tweeting after the podcast when it goes live, etc., etc. If you want to get in contact with GameGrin, uh, there are other ways too. GameGrin's on Facebook. You can just search GameGrin in the little search bar at the top. GameGrin's also on YouTube at www.youtube.com/slash Game Grin. Uh, you can also go on the Game Grin website, as mentioned before, with all our lovely articles, reviews, previews, uh, and news. Uh, 
And then there's also Game On, which is our sister company, which creates fantastic magazines about gaming in which all of us contribute to. So look out for those in the near future. So as always, uh, thank you, listener. And thanks to Ace, Cal, MZ, Fowler and Bixie. I've been your host, Hamiltonius. Uh, and until next week, game on. Thank you.